Hello, welcome to the Book Lover Banter. I'm Olivia Spooner, I'm the host, and I am a bookseller and an author. I've been wanting to uh, get this podcast up and running for quite some time, and it has taken a fair bit longer and been a lot more work than I anticipated. Uh, So bear with me as I am still learning uh, how to work the program, how to edit, how to record, which equipment I need uh, and how it all works. So um, there's that aspect and also the fact that I'm not really trained in uh, interviewing and presenting. So that's something I am learning too. I'm very lucky to own the Book Lover Bookshop. It's a small independent bookshop in a little community suburb in Auckland, New Zealand. And I also write uh, fiction. I've written a couple of contemporary novels and I have my first historical novel coming out in November. I'm not going to tell you too much more about my background because in an upcoming episode, uh, you'll be hearing a lot more about that. So what can you expect on the Book Lover Banter? Well, it's really giving you a backstage pass or a sort of behind-the-scenes look at what it's like, um, the life of a bookseller, sort of the world of books in general. So I'm going to be interviewing uh, authors, publishers, uh, fellow booksellers, um, I've already got a long list of people who I'm hoping I can get on the show. Thankfully, I don't have to uh, be hosting this all on my own. I've managed to convince a couple of fellow booksellers, Rachel and Laura, to join with me uh, in hosting this podcast, which is great because I know that we're going to have a lot of fun. So it'll be a bit of a mix. Sometimes it will just be me interviewing other people, other times There'll be the three of us on the show just having a good old chat, bit of a laugh, bit of a debate about various things to do with book selling. So for this very first episode, I uh, sat down and interviewed my fellow booksellers, uh, Rachel and Laura. I'm going to jump into my interview with Rachel. Uh, You'll detect she's got a bit of an accent. She spent the first 18 years of her life uh, living in Canada and uh, I'm lucky enough that she's now part of the Book Lover Bookshop team. And we start the interview talking about her very first day or two on the job. Uh, Unfortunately, New Zealand went into uh, lockdown due to COVID the day after Rachel started at the bookshop. My second shift was listening to the government announcement telling us that we weren't allowed to go back to work yeah that's right yeah and I was like do I still have a job (laughs) can I please still work here yeah that was great so what did we do I can't remember what we did I did a little bit of work from home we sorted out some online categories and then we just did nothing for a while yeah Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I should have read more during lockdown but I didn't I think a lot of people didn't read as much as they thought they would. But then during the next couple of lockdowns is when we we all started reading again. Yeah, true. The shock was over. Yeah. (laughs) Books and puzzles. Yeah. Anyway, let's go back to your background in bookselling. How many years have you been bookselling? 
I started bookselling when I moved to New Zealand and I moved here in 2011 from Canada. And I walked into Whitcalls and I was like, oh my God, I need to work here. Uh, should, we, should we backtrack and say how long have you wanted to work in a bookstore for? Oh, forever. <laughs> forever. Uh, but I wasn't allowed to in Canada. Um, the local bookstore in my town told me I couldn't work there until I was 16. And then when I turned 16, I was told that I couldn't work there because I was moving to New Zealand. And so can't get a job at the local bookshop because we're going to be moving to New Zealand. And then it took two years for us to move to New Zealand. And mm-hmm. I was like, I could have been working at the local bookstore this whole time. So you came to New Zealand and you had, did Whitcalls have a position or did you kind of... It was Christmas. Oh, okay. So I got a Christmas casual position and then it turned into part-time and then it turned into full-time. And then I left because I found a job at an independent bookshop in Takapuna. Um, some listeners might remember the bookstore. It was just called the bookstore. And it was on Mystery Road. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they shut about six months after I started working there, oh. which was sad. <laughs> so then I think I took a bit of a break, but then I went back to Wickles. So it was about six years on and off of working at Wickles. And then I found the job listing for the book lover. Mm-hmm. And I applied. And, and, yeah, and, <laughs> and here here. I am. <laughs> three years later. I thought it feels like more than that. It was like four years, but it's only been three. Three years. Yeah. yeah. What What do you like about working here as opposed to what, what, like, what are the differences that you see working in an independent versus what is? This, the main difference, I think, is the passion. Mm-hmm. I found myself being one of many people working at Whitcalls that was very, very passionate about my job and very passionate about the books. And what mm-hmm. calls is amazing as an entry level for what I wanted it to be, which was working during uni mm-hmm. and just getting getting money, but also doing something that I loved. But for colleagues that I was working with, it wasn't the same thing. They didn't have the same passion for books. Were they readers? Or not, not necessarily, yeah. no. I think a lot of them are, and I think that's a lot of the reason why people want to initially work there. But then if you if you really have that strong passion for books, an independent is just the dream, mm-hmm. <laughs> owning your own bookstore. Mm-hmm. And I did work at Whitcall's head office for a while, um, and it, I just found I wanted more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted, yeah, working for more of a local company. I don't know if Wickles. Yeah, yeah. Gives you that same opportunity. Sense of being in the community. and Yeah, yeah. and I wanted Joan's job. <laughs> and I knew I was never <laughs> going to get Joan's job. So I was yeah. like, oh, I'll, I'll go somewhere else and then I can become a Joan for another company. So. I love it. Uh, so what... What types of tell us what types of books you like to read? What are your I like a bit of everything, but I definitely skew towards the dark and creepy stuff, crime and thrillers and horrors. Um, but I still love romance and fantasy 
It's a nice mix. Mm. But then my favorite books are like philosophical children's books and books about teenage gangs. Mm. I don't know how you would describe it. A well-written book, like I'm thinking. A very well-written book. I know one of your favorites is this year and last year, tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Anything well-written. Yeah, Yeah. it captures you. Yeah. It's some type of writing. And it's kind of like unconventional stories. I just love Mm. like a coming of age or like a you don't know what's going to happen and then the story is just so well-written you get sucked in. So for me, it's not really a genre. It's just someone shoving a book in my hand and telling me this Mm. is great and then reading it and finding out that it's fantastic. Mm. What I love is that you don't, a lot of readers will say, I like a book with lots of plot or I love the character driven, but you actually seem to like both. Yeah, I like a mix. It's that's hard it's like the question that everyone asks, what's your favorite book? And mm. it's the hardest question for book lovers Changes to answer. Whatever day of the week it is. Yeah. yeah. But I don't, I also, yeah, like you said, I don't choose books for a specific reason. I just read the back and go, yeah, mm. that sounds like a bit of me or mm. not interested. And I'll pick another one up. Or even um, our last book club book was Tom Lake by Ann Hitchett. And I don't know that you would have even thought to read it. No, no, (laughs) No, not at all. And yet, and that, yeah, and then you 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 read it and you said to me, Now I want to read more and patch it. Yeah, which is awesome. It was just so well written. And I keep saying, If anyone else had written it, I probably would have put it down, I would have gotten bored. Mm -hmm. But I just loved her writing and I wanted to keep turning pages because of the just beautiful storytelling rather than plot or character because I didn't really care for either yeah (laughs) I just liked her writing yeah yeah Uh, have you got any books this year that you've loved I know I've got got you on the spot children's books anything yes (laughs) adult books not so much Mm. there's nothing really this year that has stood out for me except for the children's books, which were Skandar and Crookhaven. And both of those are top of the top. Yeah. But in terms of adult fiction, I haven't found my tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow of mm. 2023 yet. I'm still just loving tomorrow, 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 and I'm still selling that to everybody. Yeah. Uh, Pamare had one earlier this year, but Tell Me Lies is still my favorite by him. And Home Before Night was better than the book last year but mm. i don't know yeah, nothing is yeah i've got a standout this year so fun there's still a few months to go hopefully something i don't even have any books that i'm looking forward to oh, this year yeah like there's lots coming out but there's none that i'm like i can't wait to get my hands yeah. on this but i've also just had a month off so maybe i just don't know of them yet and also you I don't think you would like that with tomorrow. That just appeared no. and you read it and went, oh my God. Yeah. So there might be one coming that you don't, you don't know. Yeah. I only yeah. read the tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow because John Green had a quote on the cover and everyone said, oh my God, it's like Ready Player One. And I love Ready Player One and yeah. John Green. So I read it and I was like, it's not really like Ready Player One, but 
it's about video games. It has nothing really to do with. No, I can't see a strong connection really. No, and Five Hundred Days of Summer. That someone else told me it was like Five Hundred Days of Summer, and I, that's one of my favorite movies. But still, mm, that's definitely something we need to talk about in another podcast. Is how publishers say this is like yeah. this, like nothing like <laughs> yeah, hooked in. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely a sucker for all the marketing though. Mm. It, so it works. <laughs> That's one of your other roles here, your main role, I would say, yes. is social media manager. Uh, how have you find, found that so far? Challenging. Mm-hmm. It's a full-time job keeping up with online trends and Instagram and TikTok and Reels and everything changing mm-hmm. constantly and trying to to hop on bandwagons but also not – be doing the same thing as everyone else Mm. and trying to promote books that we love that maybe don't get as much um, promotional hype. Yeah, Yeah. hype, hype. Um, But we love them, so we want to advertise them. And it's finding that fine balance between what's already being marketed and Mm. what we want to market as book lovers and as our own readers sort of unique independent bookshop yeah sounds like you've always loved books can you remember what sparked that passion for books i actually can't i can't pinpoint it there wasn't like a time where i was like suddenly a reader i was always encouraged to read by my parents and by my aunts and uncles and my grandma and, and pretty much everyone in my family was just always shoving books in my hand. Oh, my um, gosh, that makes me remember. Um, Rachel recently, for those who don't know, Rachel recently got married and it was an amazing, <laughs> amazing occasion. But I remember your dad talking about, was it your dad yeah. talking about, you can, please can you tell that story? That's was so gorgeous. My, oh, my dad. My dad used to tell us stories when we were little. Um, one of my favorite books was a giant pictorial book of New Zealand. And he would just put the book in front of us and open a page and it would be like a hut in the middle of, um, know, just in the middle of the country somewhere in New Zealand. And he would make up stories about little creatures, specifically Oh, I don't know if I should say this on the podcast. <laughs> Just keep them to myself. Someone might steal my story. Oh, that's true. Um, mm. Basically, my dad came up with <laughs> creature characters, and I later went on to write about these characters at a creative writing course at university. And the lecturer pulled me aside and said, uh, we're not sure how to mark your assignment because it's borderline plagiarism. (laughs) Uh, Have you ever read Wind in the Willows? And I haven't. And I went home and I said, Dad, have you ever read Wind in the Willows? Because I took your story of the creatures going in the backcountry of New Zealand 
and I wrote about it in my class and the tutor lecturers told me I can't write this because someone else has already written it. Uh, and he said that he hadn't read Wind in the Willows, but that maybe he had and maybe it was just in the back of his head, but that the stories were 100% his own. I sort of interrupted where you were going with uh, sort of childhood level reading. Yeah, I think it was the, the local library um, that I absolutely loved going to and I definitely stole quite a few books from there um didn't want to bring them back which is why I love working in a bookstore because I can just (laughs) buy the books and take them home um and I as much as I love libraries I just don't want to give my books back so it's better if I stay away um it's fair to say you're a little bit of a book hoarder? A little bit of mm. a book hoarder. I think I've actually read 20% of the books that I own, <laughs> and the other 80% are patiently waiting um, with the bags of books that I take home every night. The number <laughs> of work that you've just seen in the shop and picked it up and said, I have to have this. And I'll read it eventually. It's, I hope. Yeah. At some point. But some of them, I don't even know if it's about reading the book. It's just oh, the book books. So it's pretty. I badly judge books by their covers. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't? Yeah. But shout out to my elementary school teacher, mm-hmm. primary, no, intermediate. I was in grade eight. I'm year eight here. Is it the same? Grade eight. I, I think it's know. the same. Okay. But we read Where the Red Fern Grows, and that was the first book I remember in elementary school that we studied that I fell in love with and that I was so passionate about, and we did a quiz in class. And at the end of the, it was a Jeopardy, and so you had to, every time you answered a question, you had to say who is or what is or And it was the final question, and I was so excited, and the answer was beans. And so I just screamed beans, <laughs> and I didn't get it because I had to say, what is beans or what are the beans? And I was so mad. But I always remember that. I don't, I don't know what the question was, but the answer was beans. Mm-hmm. And then my high school was when I fell in love with all of the other books. And my English teachers in high school were all amazing. And they're the reason why I studied English at university and the reason that I work in bookshops today. That's funny. And mm-hmm. The Little Prince. And I studied in French, actually. Did you? Yeah. Oh, it's in I, French. Yeah, That's it was in French. And then we watched the movie in, in French. French. And then I went on to read the book in English. Um, but I can still read it in French because I know it so well in English that wow. I know what, how to read the yeah. French one. Yeah. Tell us, Rachel, how many copies of The Little Prince do you think you have <laughs> on your bookshelf at home? Last time I counted, it was 22, but I think I've acquired like five since I last counted. That's quite a, it's a lot. For <laughs> <laughs> one book. They're all different, though. They're not all the same. They're all different. They're all different illustrations, different beautiful translations, and not so beautiful translations. And they're all special. So clearly, <laughs> the little prince is it that or ah? It's Ah. 
The Little Prince is a favorite of yours. It is a favorite. Have you got any other like top, 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 top favorites mm. of all time? The Outsiders, Pony Boy. Mm-hmm. And I love Alice in Wonderland or The Adventures of Alice in Wonderland. And Tomorrow, 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 which is surprising because it's. It only wow. came out last year, yeah. but it's already jumped up to be one of my favorite books of all time. It's and like I will talk high, about it for years. Anyone listening to it is like, next. I own four copies of that one, and <laughs> it came out last year. <laughs> I have the reading copy. But they're all different. Hey, two of them are signed because I met her last year. Oh, this year. Earlier this could Yeah. Earlier this year. And she was amazing. And so two are signed copies, and one is a paperback, and one is a reading copy. They're all different. And I'm sure you'll find more. Oh, and one I ripped up so that I could decorate my wedding with pages from tomorrow to <laughs> So I have one edition that just missing pages. Uh, with five it. copies of it. I have a problem. No. <laughs> no, you don't. So that's a pretty good place to end your life in because it's pretty clear that you're quite obsessed with books. <laughs> Uh, thanks, Rachel. Thank and, you. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking a lot more about books and podcasts to come. So that was my first attempt at interviewing someone for the podcast. And I, I'm sure you'll agree that it's pretty clear Rachel is passionate about books and book selling and the world of books in general uh i'm looking forward to having a lot more chats with rachel on the show and uh, next up i interview laura who is uh, another member of the team here at the bookshop and i'm just going to jump straight in so here's laura So, Laura, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name's Laura and I'm um, 53 and I'm British and I um, was born and grew up in London. Uh, And in my adult life, I've lived in all sorts of countries. I've lived in um, America, in New York, and I've lived in um, Amsterdam in the Netherlands. Um, Then we had a spell back in the UK and now I'm in New Zealand. Wow. And you speak Dutch, right? I do. That's impressive. <laughs> I um, I'm sort of managing to retain it, even though I haven't lived there for fifteen years. I can still, I find when I go back, I can still speak it. Did you learn it as an adult? I learned it as an adult. We had a lesson um, every week for most of the time that we lived there, and I did some evening classes. And then I began to read books. Wow. Um, and the first book uh, that I read in Dutch was called Het Diner, which means the dinner. Mm-hmm. And it was very popular at the time. Everyone was reading it. Oh, I it was, think I read that. Did you read what it? Was, I think it was about a murder at a dinner mm, of four yeah. people. Yeah. And um, I read it without a dictionary and just um, sort of picked up words as I went along. And um, mm. and I think it sort of increased my vocabulary without my even kind of knowing it. Yeah, it's a great and way. I think reading is a really good way of learning mm. a language once you know the basics. Um, but I didn't start with children's books. I launched straight into an adult novel. Wow. So, but I think I'd probably been learning Dutch about five years. By then. Okay. So how long were you living in Holland? 
10 years. And it may have helped that the children, my, my three boys, were all at primary school in okay. it, at a Dutch primary school. So I began to learn with them. Mm. Um, and so that helped. Yeah. It would be interesting to know because I read the dinner and I thought, yes, it's great. But I felt the translation as I read. So yeah. it would be really interesting to know yeah. um, if I read it in Dutch. It was, it was really, uh, in fact, I think I had um, dinner in the restaurant that it was set in. Oh, I think it was set awesome. in a real restaurant yeah, yeah. by the beach. I think it was in the sand dunes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, I actually headhunted Laura. I was advertising for someone to work at the bookshop part-time. And I had a, quite a few applicants, but no one that I felt was quite right. And I remembered Laura as a regular customer. And she was always very nice um, and always walked in with a big smile on your face and interested in what the latest books were. We always talked about books. You were ordering weird and wonderful titles all the time. And I emailed you, I think, and I just yeah. said, hey, I don't suppose you're interested in working in a bookshop. Well, and it was out of the blue. And um, I had been thinking for a while that I ought to um, think about working we moved here um four years ago and i i'd been um uh sort of settling the children in and um uh, trying to write a novel myself which wasn't going very well um but i also knew that i wanted um uh to work again and um i think it's good for your um self-worth and your mm. um soul to work and and so your uh email arrived at exactly the right time and what's <laughs> really quite weird and you won't realize this is that the day before a friend of mine had said to me why didn't you work in a bookshop really yeah <laughs> and I'd said oh you know I, I I could make up any excuse not to do anything mm -hmm. um and then I suddenly thought oh yeah that's a good fit I love books I've always read Mm. and um, uh, why am I not working in a bookshop? So it was just perfect timing. Worked out for both of us. Yeah. So I was trying to think, when, how long have you been here now? In, the, in uh, New Zealand. Oh, in the bookshop. In the bookshop a year. I think I, year. I think I was your Christmas girl last yeah. year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So how have you found it? Is it what you thought it would be? Yeah. Uh, it's better. Because I really, this is, shows my naivety, but I hadn't realised that you got um, uh, advanced copy, advanced oh, reading copies. Yeah. And so one of the things I absolutely love is the thought that I'm reading a book before the rest of the mm. world mm. are reading it. I don't know why, but I find that kind of thrilling. Oh, totally. I'm the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also I've loved working with the three of you and um, the customers have been great. And I find that the longer I've worked here, the more able I am to discuss books with people. Mm -hmm. um, You're getting that confidence. Yeah. 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 You have to read a certain number of books a mm. month to be able to recommend things. To do a lot of reading. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you do. I thought what we might do is talk about what books you've read and loved so far this year. Yes. One of the things I love about having you at the Book Lover is that uh, you like to read biographies and memoirs. Yeah. And I read some, but you are passionate about them. Yeah. Um, so maybe we start with... Yeah, uh, I think um, 
so I think that the my favorite uh, memoir that I've read this year is one called Wavewalker. And I think that the reason that I love uh, biography and memoir is because um, life is stranger than fiction mm. and you can't make some of this stuff up. <laughs> I mean, it's so bizarre what people get up to in yeah. their lives. And Wavewalker is, um, example, is a perfect yeah. example. It reminded me very much of... Um, Educated by Tara Westover. Mm -hmm. It's the same sort of um, uh, young woman uh, has to chase her own education. But the difference is that um, she is on a yacht going around the world, well, going around the Pacific by this point. But mm -hmm. she and her father have set, uh, and her parents and her younger brother have set off from the UK on what they thought was going to be a year or two following in the footsteps of um, James, Cook. James Cook. And what happens is that 10 years later, they're still uh, sailing around the islands in the mm. Pacific, picking up um, paying customers. And, um, and it's really difficult to get an education when your parents are disinterested and you're on a yacht mm. sailing between all the islands. Mm. So uh, she's a remarkable woman and, and she ended up... Um, at Oxford University. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I read it too on your recommendation mm. and uh, absolutely loved it. But like you said, some of it I read and thought, surely that couldn't have happened. Her parents couldn't have put her through that. Oh. Um, but they did. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the, the sort of dramas that they have mm. and the storms that they weather and the places they go where they're not meaning to go and just the desire, the sort yeah. of disasters and they're hungry, you know, for some of yeah. the time they haven't got enough food on board and the poor paying guests are hungry. Yes. I mean, that's it's what's, you know, the whole thing is shocking. And one point I remember um, they're trying, where they've stopped, they've sold out of maps. So he's using a postcard to navigate to get to the next point. It's yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, we actually read it as our book club book last month was it yes it yeah uh, and it was great talking to everyone about it it was interesting two of the members said they hated the book but then when we started talking to them it was just that they couldn't believe the parents they were sort they of just, traumatized they were by, by the parents yeah. yeah 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 but they actually enjoyed well, how do you, you enjoy the book yeah but and several of them knew um because at one point um uh, Suzanne and her brother end up in New Zealand for yes. a year or so. Mm. Um, w where was it? Do you Lake know? Lake Rotorua. Okay. Yeah. yeah in a very isolated house. Mm. And a, yeah, a batch basically. Just she's on her own. Yeah. She's fifteen or something yeah. with her it's younger just brother. Yeah. yeah. And she rings Childline at one point mm. to get help. Mm. Mm. Um, so that's definitely a top pick for the year isn't it yeah from both of us actually yes. we both absolutely loved it and my 15 year old son is reading it now oh is he and absolutely loving it and it's he? great because he keeps wanting to talk to me about what's happening and i can't believe they're doing this and, and is he google is is he googling all the points at which they land actually i think he did look up oh i don't want to get too much of the no. book away but he did look up uh, one specific island yeah mm. Okay, um, what's next? What else is a standout read, Laura, for the year? Uh, I think obviously Burnham Wood. Mm. That was um, was a great book. It took me a little bit of time to get into it, 
but by the end I was just um dying to know what happened I yeah mean, it was yeah really good what did you think of it I I really really enjoyed it um it's difficult I appreciated it for the literature that you make it's so well written and, and Eleanor Catherine just I mean she just thinks in a different plane to the yeah. average person yeah. but when you don't like any of the characters and I know that's yes. deliberate that, yeah you know you're not supposed to like these characters yeah. but I find it hard when there's not really one that you can root for no I, I the thing I really um liked about it was how well it wrote the husband and wife the um, yeah and they were the most likable yeah yeah and I just thought that that portrait of a marriage was really mm. good mm. um she raises so many questions it's just um yeah yeah astute observation so I I really enjoyed that and then um uh I met through you and then and, and uh, an event that we had here Nikki Pellegrino and um after that event I read P.S. Come to Italy which I I think it's her 14th book mm -hmm. and it really made me want to go back and read the first 13 because I absolutely loved mm. it um it's about a, a Kiwi woman who ends up um going she's invited to Italy and um she goes and what I loved was that at the event Nikki said that she based the family in Italy on the British royal family <laughs> and um, it was so great because when I was reading it I could tell exactly who, who she based who, who. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Yeah. And yeah. so that was a lovely um a lovely read. Mm. And it's just in Italy, based yeah. in Italy. So I mean, what's mm. not to like? Mm, exactly. And and an and an area of Italy that I've always always wanted to go but never been, which is Puglia. Mm. And I've not been there and I've always wanted to stay in a truly. Yeah. Um have you been there? No, I've not been. I'd love to go and see them. Yeah. Mm. I haven't been that far south. Mm. 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 Well, those are some good ones. Um, and early in the year, I read um, Margaret Atwood's Old Babes in the Wood, which is short stories, um, and, and greatly enjoyed those. They were beautifully written. And I think most of them had been published elsewhere, so I think that they've okay. been brought together in this book. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, she's just a genius, mm. isn't she? Mm. A wizard with words. Yeah. Uh, there's an amazing one, which is an imaginary interview um, between her and George Orwell, and it's worth buying the book just to read that one. Okay. So it's it's a, <laughs> it's one of those ones where you sort of imagine that she's invited him to dinner. Here endeth my first attempt at a episode for this podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you'll tune in for our next one. And I am really looking forward to being on this podcast with Rachel and Laura. We're going to have a lot of fun chatting together. There's so much happening in the world of books and there's so many great books coming out that we can talk to you about. Uh, so many interesting people who we're going to be chatting with and uh, I hope you'll join us again soon. Bye for now. <laughs>